Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Grant us grace, a merciful God, to desire ardently all that is pleasing to thee, to examine it prudently, to acknowledge it truthfully, and to accomplish it perfectly for the praise and glory of thy name, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. 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 Our Lady Seat of Wisdom. Pray, Pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas. Pray, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, welcome to another podcast. We are very excited, Meg, about our guest today. Oh, yes. He is a very special alumni. Our guest today is Father Gregory Pine. He was born and raised near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and he graduated from Franciscan in 2010 after studying mathematics and humanities. In 2010, he entered the Dominican Order of Preachers and then was ordained to the priesthood in 2016. Currently, he's a student studying dogmatic theology at the University of Fribourg, Switzerland. Father Gregory, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, delighted too. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. And you're joining us from a very special place in many of our hearts. Can you tell us Mm. where you're recording from? I am in the most special of places. I am in Gaming, Austria. Um, So just kicking it here in the Cartaza with the permanent community in between semesters. And so spending lots of time with uh, the Walter family and uh, other professors and their families here giving Father Nick Polnikowski a little break. Actually, he just got back, so now we're just, we're trading shifts. And yeah, just just living my best life here on the banks of the Mitterbach. Oh my goodness. Well, perks of studying <laughs> oh in goodness. Switzerland. Seriously, and- just bop over to Gomming whenever, whenever it calls, right? It is, yeah. So I think um, when we were in Gomming, um, I didn't think of train rides as that difficult or long or potentially oppressive or life-stealing. <laughs> Um, but it's, <laughs> it's like 11 hours on the train from Switzerland to Gaming. And, uh, yeah, on my way here by the end, I was like, and I am ready to be done. So wow. yeah, it's great to be here, but I turn around and head back in a couple of days. So looking forward to another marathon with my FFP, FFP2, whatever it is, the mask that makes you feel like you're being waterboarded. So that'll be a great grace in my life. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a pre-Lent, pre-Lent, uh, retreat or like, you know, trial by fire. Or water. Exactly. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's awesome. Well, we're super excited to have you on here today. And can you give our listeners, I know they know you from a lot of different avenues and places these days, but can you give us a little snippet of where you grew up and how did you first hear Franciscan and decide to come here to study? Totes. Um, so I grew up in Newtown, Pennsylvania, which is in the great county of Bucks County. All good things come from Bucks County. Actually, I know very few things that come from Bucks County except from the Pine family, but we're all good. Um, and so my parents had a little Catholic bookshop in Newtown called Savi Regina, and they started getting books from Franciscan University of Press. And they were like, man, these books are awesome. And these people are awesome. And everything we hear about this place is awesome. So when my oldest sister, Rebecca, thought about, um, you know, 
applying to schools. My parents encouraged her to look at Steubenville. And so she did and she went and she loved it. Um, and then my next oldest sister, Kristen went, and then I went and then my little brother, Matt went. So yeah, we just, we found it through our family. We found it through the bookstore. And for me, it was simple because when I would visit my sisters, they had cool friends who seemed to be not only kind, but also not lukewarm, you know, desirous of a relationship with the Lord. And I was just living my little high school life where I was like, yes, let us love Jesus tomorrow. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so meeting them was, was a big part, was a big part of my desire to, to grow in the faith. So yeah. That's awesome. And did you know what you wanted to study right away or did that take you some time? So actually, sweet story. I applied to the university online and I filled out my whole application. Then I was like, write 500 words about how, you know, everything is awesome. And I was like, cool, cool. I'll get back to that. So I saved my application and then I wrote those 500 words and then I went to submit it. And then I pushed, you know, send application or submit application or whatever the button said. And then it said, you have to fill in, you know, whatever box 17 and 18. And I was like, yeah, what do you, what do you mean I have to fill in box 17 and 18? So I scrolled back up and that was major one and major two. And I was like, guys, I had already selected engineering and physics. No problem. I'll just select them again. But then they were gone because the, the university had cut the program. <laughs> So I was like, that oh, one minute no. span, right? When you were yeah. scrolling up, they had just cut them, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, uh, not quite one minute, but like two minutes. Um, <laughs> so at that, at that particular point, my mom came home and I was in like the throes of despair and she's like, what's wrong? I was just like, you know, whatever <laughs> word I said, I don't remember exactly. It wasn't polite, but I was like, forget it, ma. You know, I'll just study philosophy and theology and become a priest. Because at that point I was not, I was not especially keen on the prospect of any of those things. So, yeah, so I ended up studying math because it was like engineering, except without any practical skills. And um, <laughs> then I added, <laughs> I added HCC because I, I did the honors program. I was like, this stuff is cool, but also I feel like a wild animal. Um, and I, I want to feel like a domesticated animal. Um, that's a weird image, but I'm just going to let it go and, and keep moving. does that. Yeah. So yeah, you exactly. might have to elaborate on how that does that. Why, how does that turn you into a domesticated Human. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to throw shade on the honors program because cool people are in the honors program and uh, cool people teach the honors program. But, um, when I, when I took the honors program, I was like, I'm reading a lot of cool books at a bewildering rate and retaining somewhere between one and 1.2% of them. And also I have no idea where the truth is in this encounter. Um, is it in the text? Is it in my teacher? Is it in the conversation? Is it in me? Almost certainly not. Where do I find it? So HCC, I was, I was delighted to discover that we read a lot of the same things, um, but the way in which we did it just kind of conduced more to my style of learning, which is a little more like, hey, sit down, shut up, take a lot of notes, and eventually you'll be a human being. So <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Helped you integrate what you were learning kind of like inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of helped me. It was more of, what would you call it, um, less discovery and more instruction. And at that point in my life, I was pretty keen on instruction because when it came to discovery, I didn't really know how to go about it. I was like, you've got Google. And then if it comes to counting, I've got 10 fingers and then I can just wait on the Holy Spirit otherwise. But how do I, how do I study? So yeah. So I was, I was really delighted to find the HTC program. That's great. I'm glad you did. So when, once you, <laughs> I am, I'm glad you did. Thank you. <sighs> okay. So when you finally got to campus, can you, what did you, what did you do? Like when, as your experience mm. on campus, were you like, I want to do all the things I want to join the household and do this sport and do, or were you like, I mean, what did you do? What did I do? Um, 
I so big thing for me at Steubenville was Christian friendship. So I I'd gone to public school and I was like, I want to have friends. And I was like, guys, are we going to hang out? And they're like, hey, we're going to do this morally dubious thing. And I was like, wait a second. I am not comfortable. And they're like, cool, cool. Stay home with your parents. And I was like, done. <laughs> um, so I spent a lot of Friday and Saturday nights with Barry and Gina. And let's just say that we had a raging good time. Um, but I was delighted when, uh, you know, arriving at Steubenville to find that there were people who were interested in, you know, sharing a common life and um, having a common conversation. And the, yeah, it just blew me away. So, I mean, I would say that the most characteristic feature of my, my time, in addition to the education, because it's a university, you go there to study, uh, but were the Christian friendships. And a lot of the, the different things that I did were settings in which those Christian friendships uh, flourished or, you know, grew. And so I did a couple of things. What did I do? I did sent the retreat teams, which is hilarious. Um, I did, I joined a household. I was in the disciples of the word. Uh, I think the, the main charism of which was to take crazy people who wanted to do too many things and then just kind of chill them out. Um, but and also, I think they well, still have the most, they still have the most commitments on campus. So you guys good, wow. are still pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> this pleases me. Um, so there was that. And then I ran cross country and track. And then I was in the Beatitudes, which is the acapella group. Um, actually, somebody sent me a video of the Beatitudes from like, I don't know what it was, maybe 12 years ago recently. And I was like, yikes, good thing. I had no ironic sensibilities at that point in my life because I would have made fun of myself <laughs> till kingdom come. Um, I think that was the main thing. A lot of hanging out, high-fiving. That was, that was the lot. Yeah. Any, um, any river jumping? <laughs> <laughs> There was river jumping, which actually, you know, being here in Austria at the epicenter of all, you know, river jumping inspiration is is a great way to return to my river jumping roots. That's a mixed metaphor. Never mind. Um, so we, we started jumping in the river while we were here in Gaming, and then we came back uh, to Steubenville. And the Ohio River is not quite the Mitterbach for a variety of reasons. I think one of the high points of that river jumping extended extravaganza was the Feast of Our Lady of Lords. Uh, we, we sent out like a come ye, come all type message through campus because Our Lady of Lords obviously asked for, pen, not obviously, but she asked for penance of St. Bernadette, uh, specifically penance for poor sinners and, you know, Lords being a, a place where you bathe. So we were inspired on that feast to come to the water. And that day, the Ohio River flooded. So the entire marina was swamped, which was awesome. But there were like 55 people on the <laughs> riverbank. And and we had like a, a kind of fireman line of people who would escort people to where the marina actually terminated, where you would ordinarily jump off. And people were jumping and coming back. And it was like 21 degrees. And oh, man, it was so sweet. So the river was was a site of great graces, a site of great friendship. Um, yeah, a place where we, we came together and a place in which we continue to. I mean, you just get texts from people like crossed a significant body of water, jumped in, prayed for your intention. It's like, let's go. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Friendship continuing. <laughs> I love it. That's so great. the river jump, it's a big thing. That's awesome. So the Christian community and friendships, I'm assuming that somehow influenced you joining a community, a religious order. Um, but was it, can you tell us a little bit about when you started to discern that and your call to St. Thomas and, you know, with the <laughs> Dominicans? Yeah, yeah. So it was our freshman year, there was a professor from St. Louis University who came 
she gave a lecture on Aquinas on the nature of love. Her name's Eleanor Stump. She's cool. And I went and I listened and I took notes and the way in which she described love and the way in which she commended the teaching of St. Thomas just kind of blew me away. So, you know, it's like a lot of us come to Steubenville. We know a couple of things about the faith. We take introduction to Catholicism, Father Dan Petit, and we learn a few more things about the faith. But a lot of times we feel like we're just, we're just pulling stuff out of different places. You know, it's like a, the catechism, you've got a quote from this holy person and you got a quote from this, you know, smart person. You got a quote from this official person. And you're like, yeah, people say stuff about the faith and it's awesome. Um, but the way in which she enunciated was like, there is a wisdom, you know, which is to say there's a divine wisdom. And that divine wisdom is at the heart of reality and you can have access to it. Right. And it can give rise to you. You can, it can give rise in you to a generous response. And I was like, Holy smokes. So I started reading about St. Thomas. I read one of those Louis DeWall books um, called the quiet light. I want one that a lot of people read is set all afire because it was assigned. in I think Bob Rice's class aim. And I was like, get down boogie. I want to love the Lord the way that this guy loves the Lord. And then I came to Austria the next semester. We came to Austria the next semester. And uh, my RD at the time was one Adam White, who is now Father Sebastian White, editor of Magnificat and Man Among Men. And anytime I was going to a different place, he was like, hey, there's a Dominican thing. You might want to check it out. Super gentle, you know, not pushy at all, because if somebody tells me to do something, I am highly likely to do exactly the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot so of people I can just, relate to that statement. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So for all you vocation directors of men, male religious orders, you know, trick number one is don't try too hard. Certainly don't try too hard. Um, <laughs> There's one thing in the world that's creepy. Okay, keep going, Father Gregory. All right, so, um, yeah, so I bopped in on a lot of Dominican shrines in Europe, and that was, you know, a confirming thing. And dot, 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 and then I entered. And then things, other things happened, but we'll just cliff notes it. Okay, well, that's awesome. Lots of influences at a Franciscan university of the Dominicans. <laughs> that's right. Which is that's a good right. friendship to have. Yeah, and at Ingoming, where you are right now, right? It is. I mean, all roads converge on Gaming, the right? center of the universe. I could almost <laughs> say the same for Steubenville here in the States. That's true. You know? Yeah. People are always dropping true. in. They are. It's awesome. I love it. So what is your favorite part about being a Dominican? Because I Dang. guess this could be like a two part because um, you've had a lot of roles or positions um, but like, you know, what, what is, I don't know. Yeah. What's your favorite part? And then what role has stretched you the most? Do you think? Dang. Yeah. Um, what Laying is my favorite, my favorite part about, yeah, that's good. So my favorite part about being a Dominican is preaching. Um, there's a kind of confidence, uh, with the Dominican charism that you can give people God. So St. Thomas has this go-to description of the Dominican charism where he says, you're called to contemplate and then to give to others, God contemplated or things contemplated, that God can use you as an instrument to communicate to other people divine mysteries, to put people in living contact with divine mysteries, which, yeah, I mean, we're not satisfied with anything less than that. Because when you go to hear a homily, you don't want to be like, oh, wow, here's something interesting that Father thought of this morning while sitting in his barca lounger. You know, you like, give me God, right? Give me God. And if you're not going to give me God, don't preach a homily. All the best, peace and blessings, right? So I just love that there's, there's this kind of confidence at the heart of the Dominican charism, which doesn't mean that all Dominicans are good preachers because we're not. Um, but there's a confidence that you can give people God, right? That God can use you as his instrument 
by virtue of your formation and ordination, by virtue of the sanctity which he pours into you and through you to actually change people's lives. And uh, that's awesome. And then struggle bus, what is, is that what you asked? Most challenging thing or thing that yeah, stretched what, me most? Yeah, yeah, what has stretched you the most, do you think? And what maybe you can even um, tell, tell our listeners just a little, like a quick rundown of what you have done. Because I know you've, you've taught, right? And you've worked in parish right. life and... You know, what are some of the yeah, things yeah. that you've done? What have I done? I, so I was ordained in 2016, and my first year I finished a degree called a license in sacred theology, which is kind of like a, well, never mind. Um, <clears throat> so I did some things with stuff. And then the next year I was assigned to a parish in Louisville, Kentucky. And then I taught at Bellarmine University just across the way. And then the next two years I worked for the Thomistic Institute, which is a research institute of our faculty in Washington, D.C., and I don't exactly know what you'd describe my role there as. I was the assistant director for campus outreach. As I like to tell people, the longer your title, the less important you are. Um, <laughs> and so I traveled around, visited with a lot of students on campuses, and then just kind of like animated their efforts, as it were, and then uh, did some other stuff. And then now I'm a doctoral candidate. Tr truth be told, doctoral studies is the hardest part of life because I think that human life is meant to be shared, right? Human life is meant to be lived in communion. And my life right now is about 55 hours sitting at a desk reading old books. Um, and I've gotten to the point where of those old books that I read, about 3% of them are helpful. <laughs> you know, it can, be, it can be taxing and it just demands of you a certain asceticism or a certain discipline to continue to plow on with the goal in mind, the end in mind, conscious and cognizant of the fact that it's still of service to the people of God, even though in a way that's like less direct or less, less clear, less proximate. So it just requires more in the way of faith. And yeah, I'm just not especially faith filled, but I pray to be more so with each day. So that for me has been, has been a stretcher, has been, has been tough occult as Jared Commutus class of 2011 would say. So. I like it. And are you like in, that. are you living in a Dominican community over there or what does that look like? I am. Yeah. I'm living in a Dominican community, which is super international. You have friars from, I don't know, like five or six continents. So, which is cool. You get oh, to see yeah. Dominican life lived in another key or in another register, which is, I, I think often of what Father Dave said when we were in Austria, he's like, you're going to encounter a variety of cultures. Just remember, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm encountering a lot of different. And mind you, for most of the time, I'm just like, bang the drum, go America, love my country. Woo. You know, just like running through the hallways of my convent with sparklers in both hands right. while yes. singing the best like Lee Greenwood hymn that I can think of. This is happening but, um, every night. Yeah, exactly. That's how I, that's how I signal like the, right. it's time for Compline Bell. Um, yeah, no, but it's, it's been an occasion for me to appreciate different aspects of the universal church, different aspects of the order throughout the world, you know, the intellectual life, Christian ministry life period, maybe. So, yep. It's good. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, we want to finish with a couple of what we call hot takes from the hill of just like some rapid fire, quick answers. Right off the top of your head. Oh, uh, perfect. I'll try to offend as many people as possible. <laughs> yeah, we will censor <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. Yes. Your favorite professor from campus. Uh, Maria, from campus, does well, that include well, yeah. Gami? Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Okay, perfect. Maria Seifert, Walter. Awesome. Amen. Love it. How about your favorite class you took? Favorite class. Ah, 
probably Dante's Divine Comedy in a Strange Twist of Fate with Professor Benjamin Alexander. I just like, I, I, I preach Christ and him crucified through the lens of Dante all the time. So big, big class for me. Wow. Great. Your favorite friar from campus? Favorite friar. Father Gregory Plow was big. I mean, he's cross-country chaplain. He was household life. So we battled over what the disciples would be permitted to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> but to his credit, he always did that with great, uh, what's the word? Long suffering, longanimity. Yeah. I'm just going to start making up virtues. Long, patient attitude. Yeah, God bless him. Um, so Father Gregory Plow was, was, was very generous to me in my time at Sumo. Okay, so how about your favorite place to study as a student? Could be on or oh, off campus. Great question. I mean, top deck of the library, so like back third carol from the left that was a go-to for a while i had my little like desk crucifix and i was like ready to rock and i had it staked out but then my senior year i basically always studied at the amani house so the the house of fleming let's go (laughs) there it is (laughs) that was a good place to study awesome (laughs) a lot of people study there okay and now we ask everybody this too because everybody has a story where was the craziest place that you have run into another alumni Oh my gosh. Right. That is a great question. Um, so airports, I found airports are a place where Steubenville people come together. Um, <laughs> it helps. It, it helps that I wear my, um, my ecclesial identity somewhat, somewhat obviously people are like, Hey, are you like a wizard? I'm like, yes. They're like, I'm sorry. Are you, are you a frost? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Where did you? Yeah. So yeah. it's cool. Um, Franciscan university alumni, they turn out and, um, that gives you a kind of sense of, of global community. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've, sure. I've met Steubenville alumni in a variety of airports and I don't, I don't know which ones offhand, but the airports that I remember best are airports with Chick-fil-A's. So <laughs> Houston, great airport, <laughs> Detroit, great airport. I probably met somebody there. I just want to give props to all airports that have Chick-fil-A's and I hope that Chicago O'Hare falls into the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> We'll, we'll send this to them and make right. sure that they get access. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Father Greg, thank you so much for joining us. As we leave, I want to be sure to give your podcast a shout out because you also have another alum on with you. So do you want to tell everybody where they can find you and keep listening to all your wisdom and jokes <laughs> and all the kinds of commentary? Uh, yes. Jokes. Um, uh, yeah, so I contribute to two podcasts. One is called Pints with Aquinas. It's run by um, Matt Fratt, who lives in Steubenville. And then the other is called Godsplaining, which I do with Father Joseph Anthony Cress, class of 2010. Let's go. And then three other Dominican friars. And, yeah, we do stuff that is cool. What would I say? So we have regular episodes and the basic ideas to cast a contemplative gaze in all things contemporary and Catholic. So just to kind of help you live your Catholic life in the ins and outs of an otherwise busy world. And also, we have three retreats this summer. So there's like a young adult retreat, an all-comers retreat, and then a young men's retreat. And we had our first one last summer, and it was awesome. So I am looking forward to these ones because internet community is kind of strange community. But when internet community leads to real community, I'm like two thumbs way, way up. So where can they find the information for those and the information for your podcast? Oh, yeah. So podcast is available everywhere. Podcasts are served. Um, So you can check it out on Apple or Spotify or Google Play or et cetera in that order. And and then it's on YouTube, YouTube. And then we have a website, 
it's godsplanning.org. Um, it's org because we're very official and we're not commercial. So remember the name, godsplanning.org. <laughs> Godsplaining. There it is. Awesome. Well, Father Gregory, thank you so much. Please greet everybody in Austria for us. Yes. And we hope to see you when you visit Studentville again. Dude, I look forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Legends from the Hill. If you liked this conversation, please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Franciscan Alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus. Do you know an alumni who has a story to tell? We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.